Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. Hello. Hello. Oh, Oh, same time. You love that. I love that. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm a little tired. (laughs) Are you doing great? No, I'm not doing great. No, you're a little sickly. You've got allergies, maybe. I don't think it's the Covis, but... We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I did not get good sleep last night. Yeah, definitely So we're pushing through for the content. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're both kind of a mess right now because you're not feeling fantastic. My jaw might be dislocated. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it is. I don't know how to, how a dislocated jaw works, but all I know is that when I bite down, it hurts a lot. And also, it feels like my teeth are not in the right place. So mm, Maybe. But it's okay. I mean, I don't have to chew anything on this podcast. This, is, this isn't the chewing podcast. So but I th- you I think will we'll be soon. Okay. That's true. <laughs> I had to eat tofu and white rice for dinner because that's where I'm at. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, it was, I made myself a nice sauce to go Flavorful. It It was flavorful. Even you said you liked the sauce. I did. Anyway. (laughs) Rice and tofu could not be a more boring dinner. Yeah, it felt a little sad, but uh, it was fine. But as far as the Sherry Papini case goes, the only updates that I have so far, as of today, four hours ago at least, her court date has been delayed until April. So we probably won't get, or like end of April, April 29th. So we probably won't get any more information probably until around then we'll see i'm gonna try to keep us updated i also saw that one of her college friends spoke out to like a couple news outlets and said everyone makes mistakes okay and i was like babe (laughs) i mean i get that you're trying to defend your friend not everybody has those days like (laughs) yeah Yeah, you just ever abandon your children and husband and fake a kidnapping yeah, that's that's a lot. You know, that is something I might qualify as more than a mistake. But you know what? She's ride or die. Is she not? That friend? She's defi- <laughs> she's defending this. Yeah, this seriously. behavior. To come out publicly and be like, oh, everyone you know has those days. You know, Everybody we're makes all mistakes, inherently babe. flawed. And who, who are you to judge? Judge? <laughs> she's hey, giving testimony. Judge. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, in other news... We are doing a listener's episode this week. Yeah. And we've got quite a few good ones. I mean, they're all good ones, but I'm I'm excited. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So I'm going to be starting this week. Is that cool with you? That is okay with me. Amazing. This one, uh, when I read it, my jaw was just like open the whole time. That's what dislocated your jaw. (gasps) Oh no, Erica, it's your fault. (laughs) Damn it, Erica. (laughs) yes so erica wrote in this story so thank you erica she says hello steph and alex hello erica hey my name is erica and i've listened to every single episode of your podcast and have been following since your shipwreck tiktok for episode 37 when it went viral viral cool (laughs) thank you the second someone mentions podcasts, I'm like, let me tell you about this podcast, in all caps. So that's why I write it like that. I am so excited to be writing to you all. Every time you do a listener story, I tell myself I'm going to write in to you. So I'm happy I'm finally doing it. We're also happy about that. I'll try to keep this brief. That's a lie. You can file this under the marked safe from a man category. Too many. We've got some Too creepy, many creepy men. Yeah. Unfortunately. This one is mildly traumatizing, but has its wholesome moments. In December of 2017, I was 18 and working in a relatively safe building in a relatively not-so-safe part of town. I was the only one in the building, and with it being December, it was dark by about 6pm, and I was working until 8pm. So this story takes place within that window of time. The fun part about this job was that I could have my dog Pebbles with me. Shout out Pebs. Pebbles is an English Mastiff, so she weighs about 180 pounds and looks and sounds very intimidating, which is what Decoy was in our pet story, was a big Mastiff. That is a large dog. Yeah, That is a large human. Yeah, They were like standing up. Yeah, that'd be like a, a whole ass person. Yeah. Like easy. Damn. So she is the love of my life, but above all, she is baby. She is baby. The babiest of babies. Like, if I'm within eyesight of her, she will paw at me or the air until I hold her paw, after which there is no letting go of it. 
and she is afraid of everything for no reason other than because she is baby. (laughs) (laughs) This is perfect. Even still, I thought of her as a second layer of protection for me. My office was windowless, and the doors were always locked by either deadbolt or key code. You had 60 seconds of alarm going off before the cops were sent to the building, so pretty safe. Except it was in the sketchy part of downtown with a run-down strip mall in the back and a sizable unlit parking lot. That sounds sketchy. Yeah, not for me. No. Behind the strip mall were woods and a pretty unsafe neighborhood. Damn, it gets worse. So there was a patch of grass to the side of our building in the parking lot, and that's where we would take our dogs to use the bathroom. Which is what I was doing, alone, in the cold, and dark, when I see a person cast in shadow on the other side of the parking lot. I don't know where he came from or what he was doing wandering around this empty-ass, cold-ass, dark-ass parking lot. I could tell he was wearing a hoodie and had his hands in his hoodie pockets, and that's about it. I have my guard up, but I'm ignoring him, waiting for Pebbles to find the perfect patch of grass to ruin with her massive BMs. (laughs) Pebs, babe. I mean, big dog, big poops. Yeah, seriously. Big peb poops. That's very true. That's like a human shit. Probably bigger than most, right? That's a lot. You know? Damn, Pebbles. Wreck that shit. She's She's just like, she has to get like a full tool. (laughs) <laughs> to take it out like an actual shovel yeah like a big an shovel. extraction a snow shovel <laughs> oh no i'm watching him out of the corner of my eye as he is walking through the parking lot when i see his body language change to reflect the fact that he has spotted me that must have been a very scary feeling he stopped walking and changed directions to face me i thought there was no way in hell anyone would approach me with the breed of dog that romans made fight tigers and bears in their arenas But there he was, featureless, fearless, and now coming toward me. I'm frozen for a moment and scared of overreacting, but he was picking up the pace and I snapped out of it. I'd rather overreact than find out what this guy's intentions are. Amen. I yank Pebble's leash and we start running. That's very true. Yeah. Good instincts. That's very much a fuck politeness kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, whatever this guy's doing, it's not good. I mean, you saw his body language change when he spots you and he immediately just changes course saying nothing coming straight at you yeah in the dark nobody who's doing that is like do you have the time yeah you know i feel like i'm still trying to unlearn politeness in a certain way you know what i mean like trying to not come off as rude to people that i don't even know for like no reason at all even if i'm uncomfortable which is something that i really have to like unlearn and a lot of people do like your safety and your comfortability doesn't really matter. Or, hello? Other people's. Others' people comfortability, or if they think you're being rude for something, doesn't matter. Especially if you feel like you're unsafe. So, yeah, I, I can 100% say that this is a very good response that she had. There are two doors on the back of the building. One is glass and one takes a key code. Another one is around the corner behind dumpsters and has a deadbolt. That's the door I came out of, so I knew it was unlocked and would be faster than entering in a code. I run around the corner, past the dumpsters, and open the door just enough for Pebbles and I to squeeze through. I slam it shut and lock it behind us. I knew the other two doors were locked and that if I went to double check, he would see me because that part of the building was glass from floor to ceiling. I'm safe in the windowless area I'm in now. So I try to stifle my breathing and wait, expecting at any second to hear him banging on the door like in horror movies, but nothing. I wait, and I wait for what felt like an eternity. Nothing. Had he left? How the fuck am I supposed to find out? I like to think of myself as brave, but I was shaking uncontrollably, and that scared me even more. Finally, I go over to my office phone. I knew the cops wouldn't do much of anything and take a while to get there, I worked in the central office for a regional car dealership chain, and luckily we had a dealership just a couple of blocks away from where I was. So I call them and tell them what happened and ask if they can send someone over or just walk me out to my car when I go to leave. And bless them, they sent the biggest guy they had over. I'm talking like 6'7", probably 300 pounds, hairier than a caveman, and voice deeper than gods. I love that description. Oh, hell yeah. That's (laughs) like... 
great words. Yeah, this is really nicely written. I like the way this person was writing, but within a few minutes, but what felt like another eternity of waiting, I hear someone entering in a key code. I hold my breath until I see him come around the corner. It's him, my homie, my main man, Jimmy. Jimmy. I let out a sigh of relief, even though I'm still shaking. I asked him if he saw anything, and he tells me what, in my opinion, is the scariest part of the story. Jimmy tells me that when he showed up, he went around to the front of the building and didn't see anyone. Around the sides, nothing. But when he went around the back of the building, he saw him. The man was outside in 30-degree weather, crouched and hiding behind the dumpsters by the door I had just closed behind me, waiting for who knows what until Jimmy showed up and the guy booked it into the woods behind the strip mall. I shudder to think of what he was waiting for. Obviously, it was me, but what was he planning? That's so scary. Yeah, terrifying. I mean, 30-degree weather, and he probably sat there for, like, what, at least half hour? Yeah, and in the dark. (laughs) Like, terrifying. Yeah. now we have some wholesome moments. So, number one, Jimmy is the wholesome moment of this entire story. I can never thank him enough for what he did for me, or his reaction to meeting Pebbles, because it was love at first sight. I'll never forget how he looked at her almost in awe and said, she has just the sweetest face in all caps, while he held her head and stared into her eyes like he was studying a treasure he had found, and how he hung out with me for the rest of the evening and made me feel so safe. If you're listening to this, Jimmy, thank you, and never give up on getting your show onto Adult Swim. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, chase your dreams, Jimmy. Shout out Jimmy. Yeah. And whatever you're working on, it sounds cool. Yeah, I hope it makes it, and we can shout it out. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, what a fucking creep. This is Seriously. just terrifying. We we still have some more wholesome moments. Oh, we do. I we thought do. this was over. No, no, it's not over. Number two, I told my bosses what happened the next day, and they got a giant LED streetlight to put on our side of the parking lot by the end of the week. We love that. Number three, I posted the story on Facebook after it happened, and a somewhat distant uncle who had been in the military called me to tell me I had handled the situation exactly right and gave me some self-defense tips. He died not too long after that, so that so the last conversation we had was him telling me how proud he was of me. Aww. That's very sweet. And number four, Pebbles is my whole world, but to this day, I can't believe how useless of a guard dog she is. <laughs> and then she looks at me with her underbite and wags her tail so hard, it looks like she's about to fall over, and I'm like, ah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Each week, I speak to inspirational people. Each one of them has been on their own remarkable journey. They've all chosen to share their stories with one aim, that if people can relate and get comfort from it, if it can help someone. As one of my guests said, there's so much going on in the world. We should be focusing on helping one another and making each other better. Each one is a superhero not because they have special powers it's because in spite of what they've gone through they keep on going i find them remarkable please listen to chatholic and hear their stories she is baby she has an underbite yeah that is too perfect i know (laughs) anyway thanks guys sorry it's so long i tried to keep it brief but it's hard to tell the story in a way that really communicates just how scary of a situation it was and how close i probably came to something awful happening to me if you make if you made it this far thank you for reading typing this up has been really therapeutic and i appreciate you all giving survivors an outlet to have their stories heard thank you erica that was really great yeah no that was uh just the right length hell yeah well written love it on to the next Uh, i guess this is my cue it is so now i have to do work (laughs) so now it's my turn oh next story comes from katie katie shout her out hey steph and alex hey first and foremost go blue go blue go fucking blue (laughs) my name is katie and your podcast is my favorite thing to listen to when i am taking a break from my microbiology homework or walking to class I even talked about one of your episodes in my Death and Dying course. That's so sick. That's so cool. I've attached a PDF of my listener's story to this email, and I really hope you read it. You have consent from me and my sister to say our real first names and share any photos if you feel the need. Thank you. We do feel the need, so thank you. Okay, so let's get into it. Yeah, she says. Uh, At a young age, my single mom wanted my sister and I to see the world and experience adventure. 
This led to a lifetime of crazy stories. The stories I have for you today took place when my mom, sister, and I were traveling around the country going to national and state parks, specifically the Basin State Park in New Hampshire, and two years later in Zion National Park in Utah. For the first story, I was eight years old, and my sister Caroline, who was the star of the show, was four. We were on a hike to see some waterfalls in the Basin State Park. To get these waterfalls... Just killed the boge. <laughs> you killed the bug. I fucking marked it, mate. <laughs> I, I tried to give him a nice wide berth, but he sees <laughs> up in my business. And he's knocked the NyQuil on the floor. Not the NyQuil. I don't know. I did not... Didn't I keep up with the Australian accent? Um, I lost my place. I'm going to keep that. You're going to keep that? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I've killed the bug, yeah. <laughs> Any Australian listeners, how bad is my accent? So bad. We've gotten comments before that, pe- that people were like, and Alex's accent was terrible, but I... No, no, that it. was the Canadian accent, which yeah. is terrible on purpose, so yes. bad that it's funny. True. You understand? I do. You know, can you do a Michigan accent? Can you clown on me? All I have to do is do a flat A. Well, do it. Sarah. See, it didn't know. <laughs> you need to work on that. Play it up. I, I definitely could, but it just sounds like a normal Midwestern accent. Right. So our accent's the best. I'm not getting to this conversation on the podcast. This is not... We're not right, having back, this fight. Look at me. Look at me. Shut the fuck Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, we need to get back to this story. Uh, to get to these waterfalls, there's a river system that you have to hike around before reaching the final destination. As young children, my sister and I like to go off the trails and explore. It is said that the best way to teach your kids how to be safe is by letting them do dangerous things carefully. Amen. And I'm guessing that is exactly what my mom had in mind. So naturally, when we got to a part of the hike where we could splash around in the river, that is what we did. Sidebar, the river system is carved out by granite, which is very slippery when wet. Me, being a conceited eight-year-old, I wanted my mom to take a picture of me hanging off the tree near the river. Totally normal. I mean, main character syndrome. (laughs) Um, While I was posing and my mom was distracted, my four-year-old sister thought that it would be a good time for her to walk towards the river. Incorrect, Caroline. (laughs) Do not walk toward the river, you four-year-old. As she walked down the slippery rock, she fell face first and was swiftly carried away by the fast current. Immediately, an old woman ran to grab her and also fell on the slippery rock and couldn't catch her. Not a four-year-old and an old woman. I know. That's terrible. A lot of people going down right now. As soon as my mom and I noticed what was happening, Caroline had been carried away about 300 feet and was not stopping anytime soon. Oh, and did I mention that about a third of a mile away was the cliff of a waterfall? Oh, God. Yeah, you left out that detail. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus. This is not looking good. No. Obviously, everyone around us was panicking, trying to think fast on how how to save this little 30-pound four-year-old from falling off a waterfall. Just as we were running alongside the riverbed, a man on a five-foot bridge that crossed the river spotted her. Without hesitation, he jumped over the railing of the bridge, got into a football player's stance, and scooped her up. My family and I swear he was an angel sent from God. I will include pictures of Caroline before and after the fall because now that she's safe and we can laugh about this story, they are the funniest pictures of little soaked Caroline. (laughs) So, yeah, glad, and I'm sure that that's like... A memory that you constantly bring up. That must have been so intense and terrifying. I, know. I couldn't imagine being the mother in that situation. Ooh, yeah, I mean, you're so helpless. There's oh nothing you God. can do. And also the old woman. How did yeah. the old woman get out? I mean, it must have been... Yo, I mean, well, I don't think she fell in. I think she just slipped. But, like, she's got ice in the veins, too. Seriously. She she was risking it. She was. I mean, you gotta risk it for the biscuit when there's oh, a four-year-old. Oh, 100%. Floating down the river? Toward a waterfall? Yeah. Well, you got a third of a mile. Uh, You'll be all right. right? That's that's an eternity. Scoop them up. Swim to the side. Well, how fast was the water going? Oop to the side. Oop to the side, Caroline. I don't know. Probably pretty fast. I mean, by the time they noticed, she was like 300 feet away. It's like a football field. Jesus. Yeah, not great. All right. We We still have have more. We have part two. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The story goes on. The next story takes place two years later in Zion National Park. Caroline is now six and is still a little crazy adventurer. Love that. 
We were camping inside of Zion and had a camping spot by another river. <laughs> Jesus. My mom obviously did not get the hint that Caroline and Rivers did not go great together. Seriously. No more rivers. Yeah. In this river, there was a rope for us to hang on to so we could play in the rapids and swim around. We were only allowed to go in the river when my mom was watching us, but obviously six and ten-year-old rebellious sisters were not going to follow that rule. Another sidebar. Caroline was wearing a bathing suit that was filled with floaty devices, and she was a good swimmer. So, I think that we partially learned from last time. We're like, you are going to have floaties now. <laughs> yeah, right? we have a bathing suit with floaties inside, but still Also, she learned to swim, too. Well, yeah, but... A six-year-old with floaties and who can swim is not going to win against a waterfall. I mean, 100%. So. But, I mean, she was supposed to be watching him. Anyways, just as my mom stepped inside the pop-up camper to make us breakfast, we ran to the water. While playing in the rapids, Caroline let go of the rope and was once again swept down the river. Caroline. Oh, God. <laughs> Me being a stupid 10-year-old not wanting to tell my mom I broke the rules, I tried to swim after Caroline. Luckily, there was a tree in the water that Caroline could grab onto so she didn't float away. I told her to keep holding on and I would go get mom. Big mistake. I ran to get my mom, and as we ran back to the tree, Caroline was gone. My mom started running down the riverbed looking and screaming Caroline's name, but had no luck. The river was too fast and she was out of sight. I can't imagine this, like how dumb you must feel or like how helpless. Yeah, seriously, this is like now take two. Take two. Not great. I can't imagine. My mom started running down the riverbed looking and screaming Caroline's name, but had no luck. The river was too fast and she was out of sight. She called 911 and we started searching the river with National Park Rangers. As this nightmare was going on with my mom and I, Caroline was floating down the river in her little floaty bathing suit, crying but completely unharmed. She made it about one and a half miles down the river when a couple drinking their morning coffee, trying to enjoy the views of the Virgin River and the Zion scenery, saw a little crying pink blob floating down in the water. Oh my god. They helped her out of the water and brought her to the front desk. Like this national park has a like a, a desk. front desk. <laughs> There's just like, a big desk in the middle of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lost and found? We have a child. <laughs> Hi, um, so we were drinking coffee this morning, and then we found a crying girl in the river. Do you... Thoughts? Where's your tag? Return to sender. (laughs) The front desk called the park rangers, who in turn called my mom. We ran over to the hotel to find Caroline bundled in blankets and eating chocolate bars with the biggest smile on her face. You would think Caroline would be a little scared of rivers at this point, but the next day we hiked through the Zion Narrows and we had an amazing trip. Caroline is still very adventurous, loves the water, and is scared of nothing. At the bottom of this document, I will have pictures of each story, and I will attach a video of us playing in the rapids before Caroline floated away for the second time. I hope you enjoyed my stories. Let me know if you would like to hear the story of my cousin and I getting lost on the Colorado River, or my many stories as an emergency medical technician in Detroit, Michigan. Have a great day. Uh, Um, Yeah, we definitely want to hear those stories. Yes, 100%. We want to hear all... We want to hear all. Also, I can't believe you have another river story. Yeah, I'm like, the, <laughs> your family has the sh- the worst luck with rivers. You gotta you gotta stop going. I, I think that's wrap on rivers for you guys, how right? About, how about just a nice pool day? Spa day. Spa day. Even a lake. Hey, you know, go ocean. Enjoy the beach, the you sand. Know, maybe even a creek. Make a sand castle. Sand castle. Don't go to the river. Anyway, I don't think you're stopping, Caroline. True. Hey, Thank she's you, living. Katie. Yeah, thank you. Okay, on to story number three. This story is from Maya. And before we get into this one, I wanted to give a quick trigger warning. This story does include attempted suicide. So if that is not something that you feel comfortable listening to, that's totally fine. Just skip on forward and move on to the next story. Hi, Steph and Alex. Just wanted to say first off, I love your podcast. Not Today was the first one ever I ever listened to, and when I discovered it, I binged like 30 episodes in a row and then had to start waiting for a new one every week like a peasant. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for binging. Hello. Uh, I was never really into podcasts before, but now I listen all the time when I'm driving, crocheting, cleaning, really any chance I get. So thank you guys so much for helping me discover my love of podcasts. Thank you. Amazing. So we were your gateway podcast. Try not today. (laughs) So... (laughs) Anyways, I have a survival story involving a medical miracle from when I was 17. 
I hope this makes it onto one of your listener episodes. Apologies if it gets kind of long. I tend to ramble a lot. I tried to make it concise though, so here we go. Trigger warning, suicide. I was six months into my first relationship when I received a message out of nowhere from my significant other at the time saying essentially that he didn't want any kind of relationship with me anymore. When I asked him why, he refused to give a reason. We had always been open with each other before, but this was so out of the blue. I was confused, heartbroken, and devastated. The next day I saw him at a friend's house, but when I tried to approach him to ask what was wrong or if something had happened, he climbed over the back of the couch to avoid speaking to me. I couldn't figure out what I had done wrong, and any attempts I made at communicating with him were met with complete refusal. That's so cowardly. That's incredibly immature. I mean, we are talking about a 17-year-old, but that's, even for a 17-year-old, that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, even in person, you're just gonna climb over a couch. Yeah, it's gross. This sudden breakup sent me into a tailspin. At 17, I thought my world was over and that no one else could ever love me. Thoughts of suicide had been present ever since I was 11, and now it was looking like an increasingly desirable solution. So I lied to my mom and said that I had a headache, and I asked her for a bottle of painkillers and took them back to my room. It was one of those big bottles from Costco, and it was mostly full. I took everything in the bottle, wrote my note, and curled up in my bed to wait. My hope was that I could just fall asleep and not wake up, but something else happened instead. My mom came into the room and said we were going to see my counselor. I had completely forgotten that we had an appointment today, but she made me get up out of bed and we drove to a coffee shop to meet my counselor. I still had my learner's license at the time and my mom couldn't drive due to her epilepsy, so I drove the 20 minutes there with my mom in the front seat next to me. She still had no idea that anything was wrong. I was distracted the whole hour, getting more and more restless, but also increasingly tired. Eventually, I said I needed to go nap in the car and offered my mom to just take over the rest of the session. I woke up a little later when my mom knocked on the window, saying that she wanted to stop at the grocery store before we headed home. So I followed her through the aisles in a fog, already feeling the effects of the drug in my system. But I noticed that she was putting things in the cart that she wouldn't normally buy. Things like cookies and candy and juice that she knew I liked. Our family is pretty frugal. Growing up, we never went out to eat, and it was a big deal when we got something from the treat aisle. I asked her why, and she said, You haven't been eating in the last few days. I thought I would get some of your favorites. And it was at that moment I realized she loved me enough to spend the extra money just to try to tempt me to eat something. It might seem like something really small, but that's when it clicked for me that my mom really did love me, and that she didn't just say it all the time, she was showing it. After that, I got frantic. I knew I had made a mistake. I had to tell my mom what I did, and if I fell asleep again, I might not wake up. So I rushed out of the grocery store and drove home in such a hurry that I'm pretty sure I ran a few red lights. With that amount of medication in my body, I'm so thankful I didn't crash the car. This next part I find kind of funny now, but it was incredibly stupid given the urgency of the situation. This is how much I don't want to inconvenience people. When we got home, I unloaded the groceries onto the lawn because I didn't want them to go bad while the car was in the hospital parking lot. <laughs> yes, you read that right. I am also facepalming, and you are as well. <laughs> yeah, you literally are. But I honestly can kind of relate to the whole people-pleasing thing there. Like, that's... I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's next level. After that, I ran inside, grabbed the empty bottle and my note, and finally broke down and told my mom what I did. She and my grandma drove me to the hospital. They didn't call an ambulance because the local hospital the ambulance would have taken me to isn't as good as the hospital in the city next to us. It ended up being the same amount of driving time either way since we live in the suburbs. When we got there, I was already fading in and out, and the last thing I remember before I lost consciousness was my mom and dad and grandma holding hands and standing by my side. I woke up alone in the middle of the night in a hospital bed. I'd been in a coma for six hours. Later, I found out that my parents had to leave to make room for the nurses and doctors that crowded into the room trying to save my life. My blood pressure dropped dangerously low, and I would go from lying completely still to sitting up and projectile vomiting. The doctors told my parents that they might have to put me on, a, on dialysis if my kidneys failed. The doctors don't tell you things like that unless it's a very real possibility because they don't want to give any cause for unnecessary worry. I spent about four days in the ICU before I was transferred to the mental health ward. I actually ended up going back to bring homemade cookies to one of the nurses who went out of her way to be kind to me. But there were so many people on staff at that hospital who worked hard to take care of me, and I am thankful to them all. Now here's the crazy part. 
I did the math, and the drug I took averaged at about 200 milligrams per capsule. I took between 200 and 300 capsules, which means I ingested 40,000 to 60,000 milligrams. Poison Control said they had never heard of an overdose that high for that kind of drug. The reason I am alive and well today, with no remaining side effects, is because the pills I took were slow release. The medication was designed to release the effects of the drug over a long period of time, so my body didn't absorb as much as it would have if I had taken the normal kind. I should have died that day. I didn't get help for hours, and I think if I had waited any longer it would have been too late. It's been five years, and although my healing journey hasn't been exactly linear, I can say that I am in a much better place now than I was back then. Even if it seems like ending your life is the only option, there is always a way through. There are beautiful things in my life now that I couldn't even have imagined I'd ever be able to experience five years ago. It does get better, I promise. I know it's cliche, but it's true. It can be so incredibly hard to reach out to others for help, but it is always worth it. I hope my story of survival can encourage you. Thank you, Steph and Alex, for this amazing platform to share my experience. Love you guys. Maya. Whew. I love you, Maya. And thank you for sharing that. That yeah. is incredibly vulnerable and hard brave. and brave. Very brave. And I'm sure it will help someone because a lot of people struggle with things like this. And it's so true that it does get better. Like, I mean. Yeah, she said it herself. She I did. Mean. I feel like people underestimate how many others are in a similar situation. Yeah. You're not alone. A lot of people go through this and come out on the other side like Maya did. So, I mean, there's hope to get better. Definitely. Absolutely. And there's people that want to help you. Absolutely. And also, I can say with confidence that five years ago, my life looked incredibly different. Time changes everything. And on the flip side, even if you're not the person that's struggling with things like this, you can show support to other people. If you see someone who's down or, you know, excluded, left out, like just having a generally bad time, like reach out your hand and, and you know, just be a compassionate person. and Yeah, help them help be them. straight up yeah. having a good time. Yeah, help them straight up have a good time because yeah, I mean, support means a lot, even if it's just like, you know asking how someone is doing it it goes a long way it's true so yeah. anyway mean... thank you maya i'm so glad you're doing well and i'm so glad you're still here next one is from asuka hi guys just listened to your new episode and thought you might find at least one of my geology related mishaps entertaining yes we will so i'll share a few now there are way too many to tell all some happened to me and some happened to fellow colleagues here we go this one i find hilarious because it didn't happen to me I, I feel that. <laughs> a geologist who shall remain nameless was camping in the Arctic studying glaciers with another geologist. One morning when he woke up, the other guy wasn't in the tent. He unzipped and looked out, and the other guy was crouching behind a snowmobile a bit away from the tent and pointed behind the tent. He got outside and turned around, and there was a huge polar bear behind the tent. <laughs> they locked their eyes, and the bear started to circle around the tent. So, nameless geologists started to circle the tent in the opposite direction. Oh my god. That's so scary. Terrifying. They circled around the tent, not knowing what else to do at walking speed. And they did it so many times that he lost count, and finally the bear got sick of it, ate the leather seat off the snowmobile, and left them alone. Oh my god. <laughs> that is so unbelievably terrifying. Polar bears are so big. Huge. If if you've never seen a polar bear, like Google it. Google like size reference next mm -hmm. to a person. It is so unbelievably big and scary and also actively aggressive and wants to eat you. <laughs> like Yeah, hundred percent. But in this case the cure was ring around the rosy. <laughs> or something. Literally. Polar bears like they wake up on the wrong side of the bed every day. Yeah. God damn. All it took was a little bit of a little bit of walking. I guess so. A little you hide and get seat. it out of your system, you know. They did a little dance. But still, the the uh, the polar bear was like, well, "Fuck you! I'm gonna eat your seat anyway." Why? Well, you know, I guess that leather was good. Put a little <laughs> salt on it. Sure. Anyway, we have part two. I was in the town of Kangerlussack. <laughs> oh, that is a bad. I'm sure I butchered that. <laughs> I was in the town of Kangerlussack. Ooh. Ooh, Greenland, doing field work. 
I had a day off, so I borrowed a bicycle and went out on a ride-along. This town is very small, about 300 people at the time, so within about 100 to 200 meters away from the science station, I was all alone. It was a beautiful summer day, and I was having a really good time. I saw a tall hill up ahead and thought I could bike up the top for a view of the glacier in the distance. I was about halfway up the long ride when I felt that weird feeling on the back of your neck. I stopped the bike and turned around, and there was a massive musk ox sprinting up the hill straight at me. The manager of the science station told me they aren't dangerous, but that thing was huge, and he was huffing. I dropped the bike and ran as fast as I could to hide behind a single boulder on the hill. The ox came right up, sniffed around the boulder while I tried hard not to pee my pants. There was a lot of noise, so I peeked around the boulder and saw him kicking and crushing the bicycle. Once he was satisfied that the bike was ruined, he sauntered back down the hill. I sat there for a while when another scientist biked up the hill and found me. He helped me carry the broken bike back down to the station. I told the manager what had happened, and he said that that was so weird because musk ox almost never attack people. Almost never? <laughs> Turns out a year or two before, a guy came around the corner and surprised a musk ox and got speared in the stomach nearly surviving. So, never trust these people in the wilderness. Their sense of safe is not right. Oh my god. Amen. Yeah, key word there being almost never. Almost never. You know, it's an annual experience. It was only two years ago. I mean, also, let's just do the numbers here. One or two years ago, so now we're at least once every two years. And sure. there's only 300 people in this town. Those are pretty good odds. To get your shit rocked like by within a Like within one year, you know? That's terrifying. It also reminds me of, uh, you know, like the running with the bulls in, I and I think Spain. Where oh, yeah. Where people, like, just start running down a narrow road with, like, at, like 20 angry bulls running behind them and trample them. They're like, let's see if I don't get trampled today. That's an insane thing. Have you ever seen someone get gored by a bull? No, and nor do I want to. It's terrible. It's terrible. Where did you see that? In my, like, AP Spanish class in high school. <laughs> For what reason? We we had a whole uh, a whole section on Spain and like matadors and the whole bulls and everything, mm. um, but we watched like people you know fighting bulls and the running of the bulls and people getting gored with the gigantic like horns on a bull, very mm -hmm. scary. But that's what that reminded me of because, uh, they got killed by a big horn in the stomach. Yeah, not good. Scary. Asuka has two more stories for, like, geologist-related rela stories, but I think we're going to save them for the next listener episode because we got we to gotta save a little bit, Yeah, you know? Yeah, she's going to be a repeat customer. Hell yeah. I, I, think, I think they already are a repeat customer. I'm pretty sure this is oh. their second story. Asuka, thank you. Hell yeah. Also, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but in your emails to me, give me your pronouns. I want to make sure that I'm giving everyone the correct pronouns. Oh, right. Word. Yes. Um, so anyway, on to the next. This is from Drea. Hey, Steph and Alex. I was just listening to the February 22nd episode where Steph remarked that she preferred not to engage her Uber driver, and I recalled a short tale of a lift ride I took when I had a flat tire. It's mid-morning. I drop off my car at a tire place and must get to work at about nine miles away. I catch a lift and stare at the picture. Slightly older than middle-aged man with curly hair, no smile, and one of those more than more chin than face angle shots. Well, let's not judge, I say to myself. Fair. I feel like whenever I see one of those pictures, which there's a lot on oh, like, yeah. Uber and Lyft, I'm always like, uh. Like, I feel like they just haven't figured out the whole selfie thing Don't yet. you want to see them you know, inviting? If they're that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're that old... Their phones are new to them, you know. <laughs> they they're not help. new. They're need. They some some are like my grand grandparents still. Some of them still have a flip phone. Yeah, like my if he had to hop does. on Uber tomorrow, he's getting you know chin shot. True, hundred percent. All right, fair. Like anyway. it was a surprise. <laughs> sure, we'll call him James. James picks me up, helps me with my bags, and we go. And off we go. Immediately, James takes me down the most isolated side street, industrial zones in the city though there is a perfectly good main street straight to my work. He starts chatting and immediately goes to how dangerous it can be to catch the wrong Lyft driver, how background checks can be deceiving, etc. 
I engage because why not try to endear James to me as he takes me down these rapey streets? If he sees how interested I am in the conversation, maybe I will survive. We get to a through fair, thank God, and he turns the conversation to his time in a continent I won't mention where he was where he was stationed in the military. He apparently watched people get dragged through the street and set on fire, then hung from scaffolding in the town center. Jesus. He let me know that there's nothing like seeing a dead body like that, and but you get used to death. I stay engaged, don't flinch, I ask questions, keep my body language focused toward him, give him positive affirmations when I can. We reach the bank, he lets me out, he's beaming as he helps me with my bags. He's very happy to have had such a nice conversation, I believe. I thank him profusely and tip him well. I go inside and immediately tell the girls I work with what his license plate number is now that he knows where I work. Just one of those times you get a little more wary about engaging with strangers as a woman. Thanks, Drea. Yeah, That's... I mean, terrifying. I mean, once you're in the car, yeah, you're stuck. It's so scary to travel alone, like, as a woman, period. Like, I have had so many uncomfortable rides. And whenever I do have to get into the car by myself, like, as, like with an Uber or Lyft or whatever, I make sure... I'm I'm texting someone like someone knows that I am actively in a car by myself. I share my location with people. Uh, I I try not to talk to people because I just don't want to engage in conversations like this. And it happens more often than you think. Like it's so scary. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I would be packing pepper spray or something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Taser. Definitely. Taser would be nice. Yeah. If it's if it's legal you know, to pepper spray, got some distance carry a taser where you are get one <laughs> couldn't hurt you know um, style it up yeah if if you guys have more creepy uber lift stories because i know they're out there send them in because eh, i'm sure we can get some interesting ones yeah i know I, I feel like i'm i'm such the opposite i'm always like talking to the people oh you love talking to I, the I yuck it up but i mean you're a man I like know. you have a completely different perspective on things that's true and also you're very extroverted and friendly and you know are easy to have good conversation with so that's great for you but this this kind of stuff does happen and the mm -hmm. and like straight off the bat red flag of like going down the weird side streets yep like that's very strange and then and scary. he starts talking about you get used to death and is talking about his horrific experiences in the military Yeah, and how also background checks are like sometimes not great yeah. like talking you, you about like hey this situation car. that you're currently in that i am dangerous. guiding you through is yeah. extremely dangerous yeah. and the thing that's supposed to check to make sure i'm safe is faulty <laughs> how should you feel about the uh -oh. information <laughs> uh oh um anyway send in your creepy uber lift stories because they're spooky. Um, anyway, on to the next. Would you like to finish us off with a bang? Uh, yeah. And, wow, best for last? As in me? <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I planned Can it Can I make way. this about me? How do I make this story about me? This is from Chanel. Hey, Steph and Alex. I love listening to listener tales and have been brainstorming on a story to tell for months. By the way, your grandpa is super cool and badass. Hell yeah. Shout him out. Shout out, Papa. Uh, so let's get into it. Yes, my aunt was possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love the tagline. Um, my family is from the countryside of Jamaica, and back in those days, 70s and 80s, there was a lot of paranormal activity. I'm sure that there still is, but back then it was exemplified. As a kid, someone put voodoo on her and attached a demon to her in an attempt to kill her. Very casual. Uh, not cool. Very casual, easy way to get rid of an issue you're having with a person. Um, I'm just gonna do some voodoo and attach a demon. Yeah. That's cool. How does that work? I don't know, but that scares the shit that? out of me. You can just, like, voodoo somebody from a distance? <laughs> like, how's that? He's like... <laughs> like, what? I need details. You could just voodoo somebody from a distance. <laughs> yeah, I was like, can somebody do this to Putin? Like, Rin? Oh, God. Don't get us killed. Stop it. Um, but... No, 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 no. For real, though? Like, I think voodoo is 
something you can do at a distance. Like, I think you can just put a spell on someone. Yeah, that's fucked up. All right, well, I'm not sure what your mom did to deserve this, but I'm sure that it was not... It was nothing. Yeah, nothing warrants getting some voodoo yeah. in a demon. Anyway, keep okay. going. I'm not sure why, but I can assume it had to do with getting revenge of some sort. She was always sick and basically skin and bones. When I talk about it with my dad, he remembers that she would be generally okay during the day, but once the sun went down, all hell broke loose. Oh my god, it's like a werewolf or Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, or something. That's so scary that she's just normal and then like six o'clock heads, she eats dinner. She goes to Jack in the Box and it's just over. Then we're in demon hours, baby. Yeah. According to my dad, she would howl and scream on the top of her lungs. You can tell whatever was in her was fighting her in her sleep. My grandmother has always been religious and would call over her the prayer warriors from the church to cast out the demon. According to my dad, it was almost like a ritual. They would pray and spray holy water around the house and eventually it would get so intense that they would begin to speak in tongues. If you don't know, it's basically a different language when you're tapped into another realm of spirituality. It's basically like your body is a portal and the Holy Spirit is speaking through you or that you're speaking to it. I hope that makes sense. It still doesn't fully make sense to me. Well, I think we get the idea. Yeah. Right? Anyway, the prayer warriors would run around the house, chase it under the tables, and when they finally chased it out of the house, they chased it all the way down the street. Oh my god. This is a fucking scene. What a sight to see. Mm -hmm. Imagine you're just like sitting on your porch, like you're just the neighbor, and you see them casting out a demon down the street. (laughs) Goodbye. Or you just look into the, like you see across the street into the person's window, and they're like fully doing an exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) The power of Christ compels you. That's definitely not oh what God. it sounded like, considering they were in Jamaica. But They were speaking in tongues, they dude. Were, yeah, seriously. Wow. But, I mean, apparently this was a normal thing. So maybe they just got used to it. It's like, oh, Janet's having another exorcism. It's <laughs> Tuesday night. She should be done by 10. They're usually chasing it down the street by then. <laughs> just a normal Tuesday. <laughs> At the time, my grandma and my aunt and uncles lived in a bit of a rough neighborhood, so I can only imagine the local gangs and thugs watching those prayer warriors in all-white robes running down the street with holy water, speaking in tongues. <laughs> if I were them, I would pack up and take my ass inside. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, my aunt was cured, but turns out the lady that actually casted it out of her got the shit end of the stick. The demon attached itself to her and killed her instead. Shit's wild, I know. Oh my god. Well, that... God, that really sucks. Um, thanks for listening to my listeners' tales, and just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's terrifying. Wow. Yeah, I, could you imagine? You're, like... I don't know. There's something about rituals like that freak the shit out of me. Oh, when yeah. there's, like, a group of people chanting in like unison uh-huh. speaking in tongues like i am out like and rightfully so like primarily feels like i'm about to get killed or some shit's going down you know what i mean yeah it it does sound evil mm-hmm. uh and some some of that voodoo stuff like it i don't know maybe it makes me sound a little crazy but it seems real uh yeah i was like does the cia know about this shit uh, yeah i don't i don't want please don't hex me (laughs) guys listen hey at government at nsa please no (laughs) i try my best to be a good person please don't hex me um maybe cast a protection spell over me if anything you know give me that good the good juju Oh my god. Can I get a spell to like get Magnolia delivered daily? Oh my god. That like that's a, a bakery that's down the street. What from can us? we do? That'd be nice. Let's use it for good. Let's use our voodoo for good, damn it. For me. <laughs> right. How can I make this about me? me? Yes. Perfect. The theme of this podcast. I'm sorry, we haven't talked enough about me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. That but that that concludes our listener story for, stories for this week. Yeah, these were good. Yeah, thank you guys for sending these in. These were these were awesome. Yeah, and every time we get one, people are like, I don't know if I should... Yes. Yeah, does this count? If yes or when? yes. Yeah, it counts. It counts. Don't, don't like, send me your dreams, maybe. Um, yeah. I appreciate your emails, uh, yeah. but I, I, I would like to keep it in the real. 
Yeah, just keep dreaming, but don't send it in. <laughs> just keep dreaming, but mostly we want you to be breathing. I was trying to make it rhyme. It's it, I failed. Dreaming and breathing. Dreaming and breathing. Right? I think yeah. that works. All right. Um, not a rapper, though. No, no I'm, I'm not going to quit really. my day job. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, or anyway, this job. <laughs> or, or this one. Uh, anyway, what is your good thing? My good thing is that we went to the beach. We did. And it was really nice. It was, it was. a beautiful day. I got to rollerblade on that little concrete strip in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Very nice, peaceful. Got a nice workout in. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a great day. Our, our friend was in town, um, and we went to the bar as Alex was rollerblading, and the bartender there gave us free shots and absolutely fucked us up in the afternoon, mm-hmm. which I was not prepared for. Uh, or did I expect, but it happened. So that was fun. Yeah, no, I remember. I came, so I came back and you're like, uh, yeah, they gave us three shots. And I'm drunk now. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh. Like, I'm driving. Good thing you're driving. Yeah. I'm um, sober, dude. Like sober. sober. Like I've just been on such a journey. Yes, we love this journey for and, you, Kay. you know, I just, I just don't feel the need anymore to drink alcohol good vibes only you know it was totally a personal decision that i did through my will and my spiritual journey (laughs) or it's that i can't i know you're trying to do a bit but actually you're doing really good (laughs) (laughs) is it good yeah actually it's because i can't (laughs) yeah well it's a medication thing but it's it's good we love that we love good energy we love good juju anyway my good thing is that we just watched a really good movie we watched the movie phase fresh fresh it's called fresh it's on hulu if you have not seen it don't look it up it's a thriller it's very good i have not felt like that after watching a movie in a very long time or during like Mm -hmm. almost the entire time my jaw was open maybe that's why my jaw is fucked up (laughs) oh my god fresh this is like such a healing podcast we're diagnosing (laughs) yeah you know self-diagnose gaslight gatekeep girl boss <laughs> shut up um but anyway it's a very good movie if you like thrillers watch it and let mm-hmm. me know if it was in, really good if you're in the discord let's talk about it because we make another channel i i'll make, a, make one for movies oh my god i'll make a thriller channel or maybe not even just thriller just movies in movies. general i need movie, movie racks. racks hell yeah oh jinx so silly babe oh my god we need we need like tv show wrecks too this yeah. is a selfish endeavor as most things are listen right i you know, love the discord at the end of the day i really love the discord i love talking to you guys so we'll make as many channels as you want if you have a channel idea just let me know and i will i will, I will deliver oh i'm gonna make a channel called my journey <laughs> <laughs> and it's just gonna be because you want to make it's everything just... about you <laughs> It's just going to be all of the positive changes I make in my life because I have to due to a medical reason. (laughs) Due to a medication that I'm currently on (laughs) that I can't do anything about. Excuse me. Self-care journey. (laughs) I'll just start using (laughs) buzzwords. Buzzwords. I'm done. All right. Yeah. yeah. You've already popped the NyQuil like halfway through the episode. So you're probably (laughs) getting loopy at this point. Um, you're done. That's your good thing. You're it's like, a wrap. I popped a NyQuil. I did pop a NyQuil, and it is a good thing. I'm going to get great sleep tonight. I wish I could, but I have to wake up early and, and work. But that's all right. It's a life hack. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to see all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival or any kind of crazy story, send it to us at knowtodaypodcast at gmail.com. If you would like extra content or to join our Discord server, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash nottodaypodcast. We have a TikTok that is not today podcast. We have a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. Because that makes sense. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah.